Welcome to the Sermon Podcast of Trinity Church in Carryville, Tennessee, right outside of Memphis. For more information about our church, please visit our website, trinity901.com. So sometimes you stumble upon things on the internet that just works really well with your sermon preparation. So earlier this week, I was in Fargo, North Dakota, and we were talking about, in a group discussion, nuclear silos. There are several in North and South Dakota. Apparently, it's no well-kept secret before our enemies. And I was just curious, and I was looking on the internet about these silos, this nuclear arsenal, and something came up that I had never heard about. And it's called Vivos Europa. Maybe you haven't heard about this as well, but it is fascinating. It is in Rothenstein, Germany. It is a world-class, supposedly the most secure and protected refuge and fortress in the world. And in order to have access to it, in order to go inside, in order to live there in case of a disaster, to get on the list, you first of all have to be invited, then you have to pay $5 million in order to have a place inside this shelter. It was built by the Soviets during the Cold War in order to protect weapons It is inside a mountain, a a limestone mountain, deep, deep down. It has blast doors. It has protective corridors. According to all of the research that that people have done on this shelter, it can survive not only an attack from an invading army, it can survive a nuclear blast. That if you are invited, and you pay the money, and you go live there, you're safe. Nothing is going to get to you. Nothing is going to destroy you. It is supposedly the most well-protected and safe place on planet Earth. So I was looking at the pictures of the swimming pool that's inside this fortress, and the five-star bedrooms. I began to think about David and about Psalm 7 and how from Psalm 1 all the way to this point, he has been talking about how God is his refuge and his shelter and the one who protects him. So when we come to our text this morning, as, as impressive as Vivos Europa is, you can Search it yourself. David is saying that our God is a greater refuge for his people. And he is a true shelter. That he is the only one that can really protect us. It is not a high-end location in Germany. It is the God who rules over heaven and earth. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for Psalm 7. Thank you for the words that you speak to us through King David, reminding us that you are our help, that you are our protector, 
that you are righteous and that you are worthy of praise. Father, may, may our worship of you this morning be pleasing to you. Lord, use these words by the power of your Holy Spirit to open our eyes to see your goodness and your unfailing love. And so that when we leave this place this morning, we look more like your Son, Jesus Christ. Forgive the one who speaks, for my sins are great. Set me aside as you speak, and you alone. In your Son's name, Amen. So I wanted to remind you once again that Psalm 1 and Psalm 2 serve as an introduction to the Psalms. 3 through 7 deal with David's son's rebellion. So David is petitioning the Lord to help him, to be with him, to guide him as he endures this heartache, as he endures this serious situation that arises in his heart, many fears and troubles. And so when we come to 7 today, our text is divided into two parts. First of all, in verses 1 through 9, you see a prayer of deliverance. And then verses 10 through 17, you see a prayer of confession and David recognizing the goodness of the Lord's justice. Now, you'll notice in the title to Psalm 7 that it mentions the Shegan. Scholars do not know what this is. It is an unknown musical or liturgical term. Also in the title, you see the name of Cush the Benjamite. Again, we're not sure historically exactly who this is. Many scholars believe that it is someone during Absalom's rebellion that perhaps sided with him, that may have had a connection to Saul's family, and that this person, that we're not sure who he is, is cursing David and is bringing great consternation to his soul. And then before we looked at our text in a more in-depth fashion, I wanted to mention something in verses 3 through 5. If you read those verses, it may come across to you as if David is saying that he is innocent, that he does not have a sin condition, that he is not totally depraved, as our theological tradition often mentions. And that's not the case. Because we know in other Psalms that David admits his sin and that David asks for forgiveness for personal sin. So what is happening in our passage is David is saying, Lord, I have searched my heart. I have examined my soul. And I do not believe that I have sinned against my foe. I believe that they are unjustly attacking me. And I believe that this is true on such a level that I am praying an imprecatory prayer against my own self. Father, if I'm wrong, if I'm wrong, deal with my heart. But I have searched my heart, I have searched my soul, and I believe that I am innocent and the difficulties and challenges that I am facing are coming from someone else. And so 
It's just important to understand that as you read the text, as you look at the text. Now, there are three things that I want to bring to your attention today. One, God is our shield. Secondly, God is our righteous judge. And three, God is worthy of praise. We come to this passage and we, we see David mentioning God as his refuge. That God is his defender, his helper, his protector. We've seen this in the other chapters. And this is true concerning who our God is. There is no safer place to go than to Him. We run to Him in times of trouble. We look to Him when problems and circumstances seem too much. We know that He is our safe place. I've mentioned this in the past couple of weeks, but one of the things that I want to point out to you this morning is that God is our refuge in three ways. God is our refuge as Father. He is our protector as the Son. And He watches over us as the Holy Spirit. So God is guiding us and leading us and defending us on three levels. Three equal levels. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Let's think about the Father. Deuteronomy 7, 9 says, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God. Notice that. He is the faithful God. Keeping His covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love Him and keep His commandments. So when we think about the Lord as a refuge, my mind goes to the Father as the one who is faithful, who keeps covenant. So life is hard, life is challenging, life is full of sorrows, it is difficult. And one of the things that we can do as God's people is we can go to His Word. And from Genesis all the way to Revelation, we see a story of God, our Father, keeping His promises and being faithful to His people. We are unfaithful. We break promises. But if you read the Word of God, if you breathe the Word of God, if you live the Word of God, you will know that your Father has you. You are in His hands. And He is carrying you through this life and He never fails. And His Word is a reminder of the surety of His promises. I love you. You belong to me. You are my children. I care for you. I know what is best. Trust in me. And so when those waters seem high and that fire seems hot, go to the Word and be reminded of how faithful He is to His people. His faithfulness is perfect. His love is unending. How else is God our refuge? We see later in the chapter, God is our shield. Our God is Trinitarian. And so we look to the Son. If you have your Bibles, turn to Hebrews 4.16. It's just a wonderful verse in the New Testament. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. The author of Hebrew writes, Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. 
How beautiful is that? I don't know what your time of need is, but I know that everyone here has a time of need or has multiple times of need because the Christian life is challenging because we live in a sinful world. And here we see in Hebrews that because of Jesus, because of His work on the cross, because of His love for us and all that He has done for us and how He has pursued us, that because of Him, we can approach the throne of grace and then during our time of need, what do we receive? Grace and mercy. Grace and mercy. What a wonderful place to be. To find shelter in the empty tomb and to have Jesus serve us, the great servant, grace and mercy. Are you distressed? Here's grace. Are you afraid? Here's mercy. Are you troubled? Here is grace and mercy for you from me. An encouragement to our souls. God is our shield and refuge. We see this in the Father, we see this in the Son, and we see this in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our helper. In Greek, it is the parakletos, which means one who is called to one side, especially to help. One who is called to one side, especially to help. In times of trouble, in times of need, there is the Holy Spirit with us, beside us, guiding us, protecting us, and leading us. Always. So no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're dealing with, you have protection in the Father, you have shelter in the Son, and you have refuge in the Holy Spirit. Do not doubt that. David is saying it so. This is who my God is. Secondly, God is a righteous judge. God is a righteous judge. His wrath is against sin. Look at verses 11 through 13. God is a righteous judge and a God who feels indignation every day. If a man does not repent, God will wet his sword. That means sharpen his sword. He has bent and readied his bow. He has prepared for him his deadly weapons, making his arrows fiery shafts. God is very serious about sin. He is a righteous judge. He is holy and just. He cannot look upon sin. So if you have been driving around the 901, you've noticed football practice has started. And John Hunter is playing football, and it's a joy to take him and watch him practice. And, but they do something that they didn't do back in the day. They have temperature requirements. And so if it gets too hot, they cancel practice. Now, in the 1800s when I played, they never 
under any circumstances, ever cancel practice because of the heat. In fact, sometimes you would practice in the heat without water because that made you tough. That's why I'm the man I am today. So in high school, my locker was beside the head coach's door. And I I remember one day, this was in August, and this is when you're in the period called two-a-days when you practice in the morning and you practice in the evening or late afternoon. It was the late afternoon practice. We had already gone through our routine in the morning, and I'm sitting by the door, and the door's cracked. And one of the assistant coaches says, it is unbearably hot. And my head coach said, it is awful. It is terrible. And I have so much to do at home. And one of the other coaches says, well, well maybe, we, maybe we should take the day off. We had a good practice this morning. And my head coach says, yeah, we all have a lot to do. School starts soon. And I really don't want to go out in that heat. And I'm sitting there going, Yes. And so we go out on the practice field and we go through about the first 20 minutes of practice and they're yelling at us. They're particularly intense. And then all of a sudden my head coach throws his whistle to the ground, throws his visor to the ground, and he says, this is awful. You're terrible. You're not doing anything right. Y'all haven't paid any attention to us. Go home. Everybody, go home. You need to go to bed tonight and you need to think about how poorly you've practiced and the lack of hustle that you have given and you need to come back in the morning ready to give it your all. And we started, Coach, we'll do better. We'll try harder. Please, Coach, we will... I didn't say a word. I was probably already in my car leaving the, the parking lot He said, no, 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 and he canceled practice. You see, I knew that they weren't serious. They they really weren't that serious. They needed an afternoon off. It was too hot outside. We'd already had a good practice the morning before. They were not that serious about that afternoon practice. But when we come to Psalm 7, and frankly, when we look at the rest of the Bible, we see a God who is very serious about sin. And I think quite often in our culture, in our society, we don't reflect on this enough. I think quite often we think that God is just okay with a lot of things. And the reality of the matter is He's not. He is a righteous judge who cannot look upon sin. Sin is awful to him. He's very serious about it. But notice this. He is patient and he is merciful. Because we see in verse 7, if a man does not repent. So the Lord is the righteous judge. He is holy and perfect. He is three times holy. He cannot look upon sin. He despises it. But He's patient. 
And He's merciful. So He knows that we're sinful. He knows that we're fallen. He knows that we're rebellious. And yet, in verse 12 of Psalm 7, He's saying, if a man does not repent. In other words, I'm giving time for repentance. The delay of the Lord Jesus Christ in coming back for His people is God being patient and giving people in this world time to repent. That's who our God is. And if you read just a section of the Old Testament, you will see how patient He is with rebellious, sinful, evil people. And so what is our response? God is a righteous judge, but He is patient and He is merciful. And so we look at Psalm 7 and we see David, the Davidic king. And what does he do? He searches his heart. Lord, I believe that I am innocent. I have examined my heart. I have examined my soul. I believe that I am in the right and it is my adversaries who are pursuing me. It is my adversaries who are causing me harm, who have cursed me. And this is a practice that we should embrace, which is heartfelt repentance examination of our souls. That we should live a life of repentance in Christ. That every day we come to Him and we say, forgive me for my sins. That we come to worship and collectively as God's covenant people, we ask for forgiveness because we know that we are imperfect. We know that we are far from Him. When we look At David, we see someone, a man after God's own heart, who was quite sinful. And we see in many of the Psalms his repentance, coming before the Lord, coming before the throne of grace, and opening up his heart and his soul to him. Examine my whole being, forgive me, make me right. And so we have the beautiful privilege as God's people to come to Jesus, His Son, and to say, make me right. And so the Christian life is one of repentance. Yes, Jesus has forgiven us once and for all. The Holy Spirit comes to us and it gives us a new heart and it gives us new eyes to see and new ears to hear. But through daily repentance, we strengthen our relationship with God. We admit that you are the Lord and I am your servant. It puts us in our proper place. It reminds us that we need Jesus. That we are not Lord, we are not King, we are not the Savior, that He is. Repentance is a beautiful act of worship that aligns us with our Creator. God is a righteous judge. He's patient and merciful and He has given us a Savior who has provided a way to come before Him and not be destroyed, ground to dust. Because the righteousness of Christ is given to us and we are made holy. So that is 
a great reminder for us this morning that He is the righteous and patient and loving judge. And He is worthy of praise. If you will notice in verse 10 it says, My shield is with God who saves the upright in heart. God is worthy of worship. He's worthy of praise. Not only here, but Monday through Saturday. Because He is the one who protects us. He is the one who shields us. He is the one who saves us. If you think about the last verse of chapter 7, it says, I will give to the Lord the thanks due to His righteousness, and I will sing praise to the name of the Lord Most High. David is encouraging us. David is telling us that our God is worthy of our affections because He has done so much for us. He's blessed us. He has given us the righteousness of Christ. He has forgiven our sins. He has brought us into His family. He sent the Holy Spirit that is beside us and with us and there for us. I saw a video a couple of weeks ago. It's one of those reels on social media. I've never thought about children who are blind learning to walk with a cane. I've never thought about it. I've just seen adults. And this video was showing how they go out on their first journey, if you will, with a cane. And in this particular reel, the child was told, you can do this. Don't be afraid. You've been trained for this. You're ready. And so he goes out on the sidewalk of a busy street. It looked like it was a big city. And what the child didn't know is that the mother and the father were there the whole time. The mother was in front and the father was behind. And, and it was so sweet because the child's older brother was to the left between the child and the road. And there he went. And he thought he was all alone. And you could see how slow he was going and how careful he was being and how he was trying to rely on the techniques that he had been trained in by an expert, but his mom and his father were there. Think about your father in heaven and his love for you. That the Holy Spirit has been sent by the Father and the Son and is beside you every step of the way. Guiding you, protecting you, and helping you. And you know it. Because the Word tells us that this is true. 
This is who our God is. He is faithful. He saves His people. He saves the upright in heart. Meaning those who belong to Him. His Spirit is with us every single step of the way. That is a God who is worthy of praise. He is worthy of our worship every hour of every day for you and your children. Take that to heart. Let's pray. Our Lord and our God, we thank you for your love for us that you are our righteous Father. That your Son has given His life for us and that your Spirit is with us every step of the way. We do not have to be afraid. We recognize like David that you are there for us even in the most difficult of times. Thank you, God, for doing this. Thank you for loving us so well. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Amen.